like many, I was saddened to learn about the recent passing of Richard Rowntree, the one and only John Shaft. Here, I'll be exploring the final movie in the original Shaft trilogy, Shaft in Africa. I'm Stephen Archibald, and welcome to my movie podcast. We found our men, Mr. Shaft. You. And what do I have to do? Become a slave. We need a trained investigator. He has to let himself be recruited in Africa. Africa's the name. Shaft's the game. From MGM. This is it. The biggest shaft of all. Shaft in Africa. Hello. And welcome to my podcast. They came from within cult movie reviews. I'm not James Bond, simply Sam Spade. Shaft in Africa, 1973. In his third big screen outing, the private eye John Shaft would get to leave his New York milieu in order to tackle some rather unsavory types on the other side of the world. A powerful criminal gang is smuggling immigrants into Europe and forcing them into slave labour. John is hired and sent to Africa to pass himself off as an African itinerant worker so that he can obtain crucial information on this nefarious organisation which has plans to make these Africans do backbreaking work in Paris. The trouble is here that the criminals already know they are going to be infiltrated. So does Shaft have any hope of surviving long enough to smash this clandestine operation? Well, damn right he does. Mainly by using the quick thinking and ingenuity he displayed in the first two Shaft flicks. The theme of the movie may be sombre, but there's plenty of room for heroics. And John even gets the opportunity to seduce the main bad guy's sexy girlfriend. The chief villain, Vincent Amafi, was played by the suave English actor Frank Finley. And his seductive partner, Jazar, was played by the Serbian actress Nadar Arnerich. The first two Shaft movies had Gordon Parks as their director and Ernest Tiedemann as their screenwriter. Plus, they were both graced by the presence of the actor Moses Gunn. All three men were absent from this film, and yet it also managed to work. I suppose it's largely due to having such a charismatic leading man, a convincingly detestable baddie, and a memorably alluring bad girl. The British director, John Gilliman, replaced Gordon Parks, and to date, Gilliman's the only non-African American to direct a Shaft movie. And in place of Ernest Tiedemann, Sterling Siliphant wrote the screenplay. By this stage, Sterling was known for creating the popular TV shows Naked City and Route 66. Oh, and for winning an Oscar for his screenplay for In the Heat of the Night. Aside from Nada Arnerich, another attractive actress who appears in this film is Vonetta McGee. She portrays Alemme, the daughter of John's employer, the Amir Ramila, who was played 
by the Guyanese actor Cy Grant. Vonetta made her big screen debut in the 1968 Italian western The Great Silence, Il Grande Silencio. And apart from appearing in such black exploitation films as Blackula, Hammer, Detroit 9000, and Thomasine and Bushrod, Vanetta also impressed as a secret government agent who seduces Clint Eastwood's lead character in the Iger Sanction from 1975. And as I mentioned in my recent The Fall of the House of Usher review, Vanetta McGee was married to the actor Carl Lumley. After she received a cancer diagnosis in 2001, Carl became her main carer. Sadly, Vonetta died from cardiac arrest on the 9th of July 2010. She was 65 years old. Returning to Thomasine and Bushrod for a moment, this underrated Bonnie and Clyde-esque film was directed by Gordon Parks Jr., the son of the man who made the first two Shaft movies. Cat named Shaft ain't gonna be bad with a stick. It's a brand new scene. Cross leg, cross leg. A whole new number. When this uptown dude from the concrete jungle trades his wheels for a camel and his iron for a CNI stick. Frank Finley, Shaft's nemesis Amafi, was a versatile actor who first achieved fame on TV in the 1970s, playing Casanova and then a man who becomes obsessed with his own daughter in Bokeh of Barbed Wire. And he was also great as Van Helsing in the BBC's 1977 production of Count Dracula. His cult movie credits include A Study in Terror, Murder by Decree, The Key, and Life Force. The worldwide slave trade remains a concern in 2023. However, seeing it take place in a modern European city would have been a bit of an eye-opener for early 1970s audiences but Sterling Siliphant felt compelled to write about it. After reading a 1971 newspaper article about 30 African men being smuggled into France from Italy with the sole purpose of them being used for slave labor. Richard Roundtree didn't just appear in the three 1970s Shaft movies. He was also in the 2000 and 2019 reboots, as well as in the short-lived TV series. Richard appeared in other cult movies, such as Earthquake, Cue the Winged Serpent, and Maniac Cop, and he played a district attorney in David Finch's Brilliant Seven. Roundtree had married twice, and was in a relationship with the actress Kathy Lee Crosby in the mid-1970s. Unfortunately, Richard was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1993 and underwent heavy medical treatment. However, it was pancreatic cancer which took his life on the 24th of October this year. Richard was aged 81. Richard Roundtree paved the way for black action heroes on the silver screen. More to the point, for all black actors of the modern age, as Samuel L. Jackson told Roundtree himself in a 2019 interview with the LA Times everybody wanted to be you for a very long time you defined what was cool you had the look the walk 
the attitude. Each of the Shaft films has an infectious music score. The one for Shaft in Africa was done by the jazz bassist turned record producer Johnny Pate. However, the groovy theme tune entitled Are You Man Enough was supplied by the Four Tops. The first two Shaft movies drew comparisons with James Bond as Gordon Parks had put it himself in 1972. We need movies about the history of our people too. We all need a little James Bond now and then. No doubt in an effort to strengthen this association, Shaft in Africa was filmed in various eye-catching countries, namely Ethiopia, Eritrea, Spain and France, and of course the United States. Shaft in Africa was shot between December 1972 and February 1973 on a budget of $1.5 million and it was first shown in the States in New York on the 20th of June 1973. Alas, it only made around $1 million at the box office. No matter, many of us adore these films to this day. So farewell to the marvellous Richard Roundtree. Will he be remembered as a black icon? Damn right. I'm Stephen Archibald, and thank you very much for listening to my podcast. They came from within cult movie reviews. Please feel free to follow me, and all my episodes are available from most podcast hosts. Stay safe, be cool, and goodbye for now. 36 exposures. Extra film in here. Now, I'm not James Bond, simply Sam Spade. Shaft, tracking down a ring of 20th century slave runners across two continents. Listen, if Shaft is still breathing by this time tomorrow, I'll have you killed. Why don't you really clamp down on the slave trade? I'll tell you why. Because the black ghettos of Paris is as far away from the Champs-Élysées as 125th Street is from Park Avenue.